we once said, does it really make sense for one company to be a coffee shop and a software company and a media company, right? Mm -hmm. So we have some of these arms. Uh, does it make sense for us to be doing all these things or does it actually start to complicate the kind of our, our structure because some of these teams never interact with each other and yet to treat them like they are actually all in the same place doesn't make a lot of sense. Welcome to the Small Business Storytellers, the show where we dive deep into the stories and secrets of businesses focused on not just making money, but making the world a better place. My name is Seth Silvers, and my passion is helping businesses grow that are making the world a better place. Every episode, you will hear from transformational leaders and business owners as we dive into what has helped them grow and what has helped them stay true to themselves along the way. Also, Every week, we are hosting live conversations with our guests in Fireside Chat, where we give you, the audience, the opportunity to ask them your burning questions. So make sure to join us live on Fireside Chat on your mobile device. Let's dive in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Small Business Storytellers. Today, we are diving into a topic that is really interesting to me and I think will be interesting to some of you. We're going to talk a little bit about holding companies. Um, and kind of what does that mean to have a company that has a couple different other companies beneath it? A lot of small businesses, they are doing a lot of different things. And so I think at times it makes sense to do all those different things. And at times it might make sense to have separate companies for those different projects. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, and to facilitate this conversation, I'm excited to be joined by James Laws, uh, James is uh, the leader at Saturday Drive, and uh, I'm excited to have you here on the show, James. Well, Seth, thank you so much. I'm really excited to uh, have this conversation. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you have a holding company. You also you, you have your hands in a couple different companies. So I'm just going to ask the question, how do you tell when people say, James, what do you do? What do you tell them? <laughs> It's it's really hard, right? It's a challenging thing because we do have our hands in a lot of things. So when I when people ask me, you know, what I do, I say I lead a business development firm that helps other businesses that we have a stake in become successful. And so that's our main focus. And we do that around culture, around, you know, business operating system and try to help uh, the different businesses that we're involved in have a leg up because they have the shared experience of all that we've learned from all of the other endeavors that we have our hands in. Yeah. And you've learned, you've learned from a variety of experiences. We were talking just before about how you were actually, you actually used to be a pastor. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned that because uh, do you feel like some of the skills that you're now implementing when it comes to culture and mission and even operations. Did you pick some of those up by being a head pastor? Yeah. I, you know, the taboo thing, we talked about this a little bit before the show, right? The taboo thing about thinking about church is the fact it is an organization just like any business is an organization. It has a lot of the same moving pieces. So it, it has a management structure, has leadership, has employees. There is marketing. There is a the CEO or the lead pastor. There is It has all of the same kind of structure that any business has. It has a product that it has to deliver. Otherwise, the congregation will stop coming and it will, no longer, it will cease to exist. So there is a, a business model to that. And in that, I think one of the things churches, I think, generally do well, right? Is this idea of what is our purpose? What is our vision? How do we cast that vision? How do we communicate? 
uh, what are the values of the organization and how do we can how do we continue to remind the, the people in our organization about those things so i would say all of those things uh, i tend to be stronger on the vision purpose values and communication mm-hmm. side because of my experience as a lead pastor yeah which yeah, I think it's very unique. And like you said, it's uh, it's taboo. But I know a lot of the churches that I've been a part of that um, or have seen or have known people in. It seems like oftentimes they are they remain small because not because of lack of vision, not because of lack of heart. I think it's it's often the business side. It's often the operations side. It's often, uh, you know, that maybe ministries or organizations uh, they could maybe use some support on the organizational side, not all the, the time. I don't I want to say that not all the time, but oftentimes. So I think it's not unique um, or not surprising that you've pulled a lot of these leadership skills that now you're implementing in the business side of things. As um, the holding company of Saturday Drive, uh, describe to our audience kind of the different projects you guys are working on. Give us kind of a high level of the different organizations or entities you have your hands in? Absolutely. So first and foremost, we're kind of, we tend to have our hands in software businesses. So we, we spend a lot of time building software. Uh, so Ninja Forms is a WordPress form builder product that we launched uh, over a decade ago and is, is very popular in the space. Uh, one of the top form builders in the community. Uh, so we have that transaction. We also have a SaaS for transactional email called SendWP. And it, so it handles uh, just transactional email from a website to help you make sure that your email actually gets delivered properly. Uh, then though, like the weird thing that seems odd to everyone when we say it is we also have a local kind of brick and mortar coffee roasting company called Bond Life Coffee Roasters. We're international award winning. We roast our own coffee on, you know, in-house. We, we do all of that. It's, it's, we are, we have been awarded the best coffee in the United States, in North America, uh, a number of times. So it's, it's one of those things that we're very proud of and we spend a lot of time with. Uh, and so that's another one of those, like kind of those like weird projects. If you're like, yeah. what? and I love having something that's different from the tech to apply different yeah. principles to. Was, uh, I gotta ask, was the coffee just a did you just want to have lifetime access to coffee? <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, what happened was my business partner actually just really fell in love with coffee, fell in love with the idea of coffee and started learning about it again over a decade ago, really got involved in it and traveled a lot. So spent the time, spent time actually visiting coffee farms all around the world and getting to know some of these farmers and got excited about the prospect of starting something. And so we, we just ended up starting something and worked hard at it. And like most brick and mortar uh, restaurant style, if you will, stores, mm-hmm. you know, lost money for a few years while we were trying to figure it out and get it going. And now uh, we're growing year over year and it just continues to flourish. So uh, it wasn't for my own purposes. It wasn't to get uh, lifetime coffee all the time, but it is a nice bonus. It is the part. It's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's really neat. And I'm interested to dive into this holding company um, for selfish reasons, because I've always envisioned our company to be a holding company. Um, We've been in business for seven years as a marketing company. But um, in the long term, from, you know, day one, I always envisioned that we'd have a couple different arms of business underneath one umbrella company. 
now we're starting to um, see that come fruition where we have our podcast agency, but we also have some other media brands that we're getting um, ready to launch in the next 12 months. And so our, you know, we'll have kind of a parent company. Um, and even from an investment standpoint, there's the position where, okay, that means if we, um, you know, if you wanted to seek investment, you know, do, does one investor need to be invested in everything you're doing? Or does it make more sense to have somebody invested in one particular piece of this? How does somebody go about um, determining whether or not they should go kind of the holding company route or whether they should have one business that they're doing a lot of things underneath? How would you kind of navigate that with someone? That's a good question. Uh, I think it really depends on your ultimate goals as a business owner, what you're trying to achieve. And so, so from our perspective, I'll tell you our thought process is we were kind of started with one product and then another product started to flourish. Uh, we once said, does it really make sense for one company to be a coffee shop and a software company and a media company, right? Mm -hmm. So we have some of these arms. Uh, does it make sense for us to be doing all these things or does it actually start to complicate the kind of our, our structure because some of these teams never interact with each other and yet to treat them like they are actually all in the same place doesn't make a lot of sense. And so for us, we wanted a couple things. We One, we were obviously diversifying our revenue, right? We had different products. And so we didn't want to, we wanted to be in different spaces so that we had multiple revenue streams for the security of everyone involved. But we also wanted the benefit of building a team uh, that when we didn't need to necessarily have, a, for instance, we don't need to have a marketing team on every single one of our businesses. If Saturday Drive, the holding company, has a really awesome marketing team, well, that gives lift to Bond Life Coffee. That gives lift to Ninja Forms. That gets lift to Circles. That gives lift to all of the things that we have. So it's mm -hmm. in a way we get to share the resources, learn it once really well and build a really good team and share what we're learning through that with all of the other organizations that we deal with. Yeah. Uh, so that's, a, I think, a big part of it is just what are your ultimate goals and what are, you, what are you ultimately trying to achieve? Right. So how does revenue work for the holding company for Saturday Drive? How do yeah. you bring in revenue? Obviously, you know, don't share anything you don't feel comfortable sharing. But sure. um, yeah, how does that side of it work? How is the money interacting between the different companies? Well, in a lot of ways, when a company needs money, it, it, it borrows from Saturday Drive, which is kind of the ultimate holder of most revenue. Um, a certain portion of every business basically pays revenue up to the holding company uh, to help staff some of the higher Saturday Drive stuff that's going on that benefits everyone. So everyone kind of contributes mm -hmm. up to that. But every individual business holds enough revenue to, to hopefully right, sustain its own bills. That's another reason why we separated things. We wanted every business to be viable on its own. And if yeah. everything is rolled into one business, in one bank account, in one, you know, in one way, yeah, you're going to have some it's harder to see how that's supplementing, you know, <laughs> the one that's losing money and that's, that's losing money hand over foot. Right. Like, yeah. so if you're not careful, that's a real problem that you can have by having your hands in a bunch of things, but, but mixing it all together. And then you mm -hmm. find yourself at one day going, where'd all this money go? We could have been, you know, we could have been investing into this thing that's working really well. Well, we spent it all on this other idea. And because it wasn't separated out, because we didn't properly classify it for what it was, 
we just spent the money on it because mm-hmm. it was all it was all our money, whoever it was. So we try to handle it in that way. So we look at the holding company as protecting the future of all of the organizations. So everyone pitches into that, and it's at that higher level that we do greater investing to build security for the future. Right. And so uh, do you have kind of like a leadership team or a manager over each of your products? Um, yeah, what about every product has. How does this work? Yeah, every product has like a president, if you will, um, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of is the CEO of that particular brand or product. And so they lead it. They make all of the primary decisions, um, you know, occasionally if it's a if it's a high ticket item, they will bring it up to the Saturday drive leadership, which acts as the board for all of the other products. Mm. And so if they need our input for something or they, you know, like I said, they have a really big expense, uh, you know, for instance, uh, the, the roaster breaks down at the coffee shop and we need to discuss what we're going to spend to replace that roaster. Cause they cost, you know, 50,000 to $150,000. Like it's not a cheap expense. So mm-hmm. let's talk about this and see, see what we're going to do. So things like that, they will bring that to us and we'll have reg- and we have regular board meetings with each of the brands to make some of those types of decisions. Neat. So with, where do you spend your time? So lately, the interesting thing is, is because I have presidents and people who run the brands and the teams are doing the work, I don't spend a lot of my time in the day-to-day of the business uh, unless they need me and they, or they want my input on something. I have been spending almost all of my time over on our newest venture, uh, which is the, uh, kind of our media company, if you will, uh, circles.com. That's that circles with two eyes. I always feel like I have to mention that. Uh, so circles with two eyes, circles.com. One eye, I was going to ask how much you paid for that domain name. (laughs) That one has been a really expensive domain. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and there I'm writing about the kind of practices that we're putting in place in our organizations. So how do we lead teams? Well, how do we help our team members find roles that are fulfilling for them so that they're excited about coming to work every day? How do we manage well? How do we protect work-life balance? How do we do all of these things in our organizations? How do we think about benefits? Uh, how do we think about communication? All of these things. So I've been writing and write, creating videos and starting a podcast to talk to other people who have similar uh, experiences or, or actually experiences on the same topics, but very different experiences. So I can learn mm-hmm. from a diverse group of people and just been sharing that information. So that's where actually where I've been spending a lot of my time is kind of in this uh, world of circles. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm just looking there. There's one podcast called leading to fulfillment and another yep. one called adventures in businessing. I uh, help our audience understand the difference between those two and, and who's the, who should check out which of those shows or should everybody well, check out both it, of them? I think every, I think anybody who wants to be a good leader, a good manager of a healthy team culture should listen mm-hmm. to leading to fulfillment uh, because that's that's the newest one. And I'm getting a lot of great people on there to talk about all kinds of topics around those things. Adventures in Businessing has been sunset, but the content has been a lot of fun and a lot of people really enjoy some of the things we talked about. So that was a different type of show because it was me 
two of my business partners, so we had brick and mortar software, and we had a friend who did services, a marketing agency. And we all just talked about different business challenges from the perspective of different types of businesses and how we how we handled right. those things. So there was a lot of fun there that you can follow if you follow, if you subscribe, if you go to the actual podcast feed, there's a whole long story about all the stuff that we talked about there. Went on well, like yeah, and years. that's hugely relevant because, you know, for us in the last, um, I'd say in the last 18 months, one, we made one big change to just focus our agency on podcasting. Um, mm -hmm. which meant we're going to say no to a lot of things. And I looked back and in my five years at the time in business, I had said no to, I could think of maybe two or three projects that I had said no to, um, <laughs> which is a huge problem. If you've been in business for five years, it's a problem. If you've only said no to two or three projects in a six month period, <laughs> um, because it's true. that does not mean that everybody uh, was the right audience. You know, they, they weren't the perfect client. They didn't have the right budget. That pretty much just meant that I, you know, had some footprint indentations on my back and that I wanted to help <laughs> serve everybody. And so saying, you know, choosing to just focus on podcasting, particularly in the coaching consulting space, um, meant that we were going to say no to a lot of projects. Um, and as we did that, we immediately saw that we were getting more of the right clients because people knew one, how to recommend us, uh, they knew who we were right for and they could, you know, also knew, okay, you're not the right company for us. So that was really interesting. Yeah. But for me, it's changed my role to where I'm no longer as involved with all the different episodes that are moving through our system each week for the variety of clients. Um, our team has grown, which has shifted me from where two years ago I was doing the work. Now I'm not, I'm still doing a lot of work, but I'm doing different work. And so it's been the classic shift of, working in the business to working on the business credit to you myth from years and years ago. But for me, it's been a challenge because um, all of a sudden more of my time is spent thinking about leadership and thinking about supporting my team. Um, what are yeah. some, you know, bits of advice that you have for small businesses that whether it's in a holding company perspective, where maybe they have their hands in a couple different companies or they're more in my position where their company has grown and now they find themselves in a position where their work is more about leading their team. Now, what would some words of advice or experiences that you could pass along to that be? From my perspective, you are in the most important work and it is, it can be in some ways the hardest and yet the most fulfilling. It is a role of service. And I think that's a thing that many leaders get wrong, that they think it's a, it's a position of control or it's a position of authority, but ultimately it is a position of service. I look at my role today as a leader, as a coach, a consultant to my team. I'm there to help them succeed and find fulfillment and shape roles for them so that they can wake up every day excited for the work that they do. So uh, my, my main advice is lean in, lean into relationships, really lean into conversations with your team, find out what makes them tick, find out what, what's bothering them. You know, we live in a world where there's a lot of stuff going on right now and we just came out of a lot of stuff. And it seems like we just walked out of one thing and into a new thing. And it's, it's challenging and your team is feeling it. And if you don't, and if you don't know that, if you are unaware that your team is feeling the pressure of everything that's going on in the world today, 
then you're out of touch. And that's, mm-hmm. so lean in, lean into those relationships because that is where the best leadership is going to come out of by building strong relationships where you understand your team and you you truly care about the well-being of your team. It will, it will fundamentally change your business. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a hard transition, you know, being honest, it's been, it's been, uh, I mean, it's been great. And of course, every business wants to grow, but then you realize there's growing pains. Um, Mm -hmm. you're providing some of that leadership. I would imagine you're providing some leadership and, you know, whether you call it coaching or not, probably some coaching to your presidents and the leaders. Uh, what does that look like as far as the, the leadership support that you're giving to uh, ensure that your teams are staying healthy? Well, you know, in the, in the early days, it was just directly one-on-ones and I still recommend those, although other people do those one-on-ones today. Uh, in the early days, that's what it was. So weekly, 30 at least 30 minutes every week where I would have a face-to-face and get kind of reconnect with people and really get to understand their situation and that. And those one-on-ones are not about the work. I don't, not care when I don't, I don't care about your projects. I don't, I'm, that's not what we're there to talk about. We'd schedule another meeting for that. I care about them. What are their professional goals? What are their personal goals? How are they feeling? Uh, what are the things that are going on that I can help them with? And mm-hmm. so those one-on-ones were a big part of it. Uh, a lot of asynchronous communication because we're a distributed team. So while our coffee shop obviously has a local home base and obviously you can't have a distributed barista team at a coffee shop, uh, the most of our organization is distributed. So a lot of it is asynchronous communication and posting uh, and just talking to the team. So one of the things we do from that I think has been super helpful is we do a weekly podcast. So it's talking about podcasting. We do a weekly podcast internally just for the team. It's Hmm. nobody else ever hears it. It's something that me and my two business partners get together and we talk about state of the business, what's going on. We give shout outs to people. We, we answer questions. So every week it's kind of an AMA. If they have some, somebody wants to ask a question, we address it so they can see us and hear us and, and hear our, hopefully hear our hearts and where we're headed. So we can cast vision so we can remind about it, the values, all of those things. So a lot of it is about how we communicate. A lot of it is, you know, leadership is communication. It's not, oh, we think sometimes leadership is this idea of like, I make all the decisions and there was a stage where that was my leadership role. I made all the decisions, but other people make those decisions now. It's my job to create a safe environment for people to make decisions that where they might fail and that's okay and help them learn from that, pick themselves up, dust themselves off and then try big things again. Mm. So, you know, I, my, my role today is not about making all of the decisions. It's about a lot of communication, a lot of sharing my insights, a lot of pointing out when I see things and just talking about it openly and letting people learn from, from my experience and then letting them do what they want with it. So a lot of it's just experience share. Right. Yeah. That's neat. How many, how many team members, uh, approximately across the businesses that are part of Saturday drive? So Today, I think we're only at, I mean, we're not, we're very small still from a, from a headcount standpoint. I think we're at like 25, cool. uh, 26, uh, cause counting, you know, we have a few baristas, uh, and then, you know, the president of that. And then Ninja Forms is probably the biggest team because it has engineering and customer success mm-hmm. and marketing and some stuff that the internal stuff that it has. And then the SendWP is almost it's like a one is a one man show. And, you yeah. know, so there's, yeah. Well, and that's neat because I think there's this conception, this idea in business that to be big, you have to, 
you know, be, you have to get huge to be big. You have to grow big yeah. and you have to have tons of people and all of these structures and different things. And, you know, you have to do millions of dollars and revenue and all of this stuff. And I think a lot of people are missing the idea that to be a successful business does not mean that you have to be huge staff wise. You don't need to have thousands and thousands of people. You don't have to go public. You don't have to raise all of this money. It can really look yep. different. So how do you define success and how do you define growth? So how I define success is that me and all of my team enjoy, love the work that they do, believe the work that they do matters, uh, and can see the impact of that work. And that all of that helps them live the best life that they can possibly live with their families, right? And, and their friends and in their environments. So that's all success looks. So with, when success looks like that, you know, we don't have to grow, you know, 30, 40, 50%. We don't have to hockey stick. We don't have to, those things are great when they happen and they do happen, but that's not, that's not the point. And we also find out that, right. You don't need a huge team to do millions, you know, millions in a year. That's not, you don't need a big team to do that. That's not necessary. Matter of fact, in the early days, we hired way too fast. We asked, we started adding people because we thought, well, more people will mean faster movement. And actually more people actually slowed us down. And so right. it didn't actually help in that in that regard. So success is is making sure the team is taken care of, that they love the work that they do and that the work that they do provides for the lifestyle that they want to live. And if we can accomplish that, that, then we've we've done a good thing. Now, what do, how we look at growth, uh, you know, our across the board, we our organization grows, at, you know, probably 30 percent year over year. And we that's pretty healthy for us. And we're pretty excited about that. And it keeps us kind of moving forward. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we I look at growth this way. I'm not really looking for growth. I'm looking for progress. And the way I define progress is making the right thing, the right amount of better and the right amount of time. And I know that's ambiguous. Right. Because for every organization, it's different to figure out, hey, what is the right thing right now? What is the right amount of better? And what is the right amount of time for an expectation for that? If any of those things are out of whack, if any of those things are out of balance, you find yourself working really long on something uh, that was too small to work that long on. Or you work on something that's really big in a timeline that you can never get that thing done. Or it wasn't the right thing at all. And so I really want to try to always figure out in each of the products and each of the divisions that we have, what's the right thing to be doing right now? What's the right amount of better? Let's not go crazy. We, just, we want to make progress. We're not trying to be the best, trying to be better. Because the be as soon as you're the best, you're no longer the best because somebody else mm -hmm. will pass you. So you just want to be better every single day. And so what's the right thing? What's the right amount of better? What's the right amount of time that we can accomplish this that's realistic, that doesn't burn our team out? Like we, I don't want, I don't want team members to come to the end of their day, the end of their year and go, what was it for? Like mm -hmm. we worked so hard to accomplish this thing. Well, it wasn't the right amount of time. It wasn't, yeah. it was too much. Right. I, I love that. That I'll be thinking about that for a while. I think that's a really good way of looking at it. You seem like you've been through a lot of experiences you're sharp. You believe in leadership. You believe in support. Who has been influential for you in your journey? Like when you look at some of the, whether it's leaders, maybe some are alive, maybe some are dead. Uh, maybe some are close to you, some are far. 
but who are some leaders or influences that have really helped you become the leader that you are today? I'll, I'll give you uh, two alive and one dead. Um, so one right out of the gate, we talked about pastors and churches and organizations, right? One of those leaders that's, that's pastoring today and it does a phenomenal job and has a leadership podcast. I learned so much from is Andy Stanley. Uh, mm -hmm. love him, love, love church, hate church. Doesn't matter. Uh, this guy is extremely wise and has gone through it and has, and really cares about leadership and what that means and what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and I think he has I'll, a podcast. He's, his podcast and his books from yes. a community, uh, him, what he teaches on communication and organizations, some of the best teachings and books and trainings across the board, Christian or absolutely. Not. Um, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter what sector you're in. No, Just it phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. The other one is uh, Patrick Lencioni. I love his books. I'm yep. such a huge fan of his books. I love his parable style of teaching. He kind of, he first half of every book is kind of just telling the story of an organizational crisis. Right. And then, and then he'll bring home some points. If you want to, if you need, if you want to, like, you need the, give me the ABC black and white of it. But if usually you can get it all in the story and you're like, I, I think I learned what I needed to learn. Uh, he does a great job. So also has a podcast and great material and great information. Dad, it's my father. My, uh, my father was an extremely, never was a leader in an organization, but he led with his lifestyle. And that was really important to me because we, a lot of times we think of leadership as you're a leader if you have a title, you're a leader if you have a position. And my father was proof that you could be a leader no matter what stage you were in your life or what role you had. He never had a leadership. He was a truck driver. He drove trucks across, you know, the country and delivered things, right? That's, that's what he did. Um, but he was generous and kind. He, people listened to him and respected him and came to him for his advice and his wisdom because he was a leader and he was a leader because people followed him, not because somebody gave him a title. And I, I would say to anybody listening, if you go, you know, well, I, I'm a leader and I'm, I would say, pause and look behind you. Is anyone following? Because if they're not, or if they are only because you have a position or a title, you're not a leader. My dad, my dad was definitely a leader. Mm -hmm. And there's people on the flip side that would not say they're a leader. They're yep. not in a position of what we'd call, you know, influence. They're not a CEO or a manager, but there's people behind them. There's people mm -hmm. following them. There's people that are watching how they live, living how they live. And that's where we get into, you know, John Maxwell saying, you know, leadership is about, it's about influence. It's not about a title. It's about, are you influencing people? Um, and really the question probably goes more to you are influencing people. <laughs> it really is in what way? Yeah. When you look at this long term <laughs> with your business, yeah, I'm curious to where where you see this going, but also just personally, what are some of what are some of your goals? Are there business goals, revenue goals, philanthropy goals? Um, what are you hoping to accomplish with this with this thing in the long term? Yeah, I there's I have a few things right. So one of the things is you know I hope to be I hope to be doing this to the day that I die. The idea of retirement makes no sense to me because I love what I do so much that I just hope that I do it more and more and it just will always be a part of my life. So I hope that I continue to do this. So 
I would say that at the end of my life, I hope to still have plenty of businesses that I directly coach and directly consult with and directly lead and manage in that way. But I would also, my, my really, my hope is, is to help other small businesses be successful, uh, to find what makes them unique, to find how to become a place where people love to work for that organization. So they're willing to give of their time and their energy to that thing. They're willing to make that sacrifice and that it doesn't feel like a sacrifice and doesn't have to be a sacrifice. It can just, it's, it's, it's a career that I believe in and I care about. So my, ultimately I would love to be able to share what I have learned over the years and what I continue to learn because I'm not done. I have a lot more to learn and I will continue to learn and I will continue to share what I learned. And I hope that, you know, I, I, if you've ever read uh, Simon Sinek's The Ultimate Game, he talks about this just cause. What is the thing that's probably not possible, but you're, this is the thing you're aiming for. I want to lower the number of small businesses that fail within their first 10 years. I want to I want to dramatically change that number in some way. And so my just cause is how do I affect that number? So many businesses fail. Uh, I want to figure out at the core what's going on there and how do we help them do that? And some of that some of that we know and some of that we're still learning. So I love that. Yeah, that is that's amazing and that's a wonderful just cause to to be behind and I'm excited to watch this happen. I'm excited to, you know, that we got connected and I'm looking forward to staying in touch and seeing your journey as the uh, Saturday Drive company, but also your individual brains. Um, I think, um, do you get, does your coffee company deliver? We do. Uh, we do deliver. Okay, we, have an, we have an online website where you can uh, purchase coffee and yeah. Great. All that so stuff. that's one tangible way that uh, our listeners can say, hey, thank you for this this interview and for the wisdom that you've shared. Uh, I do have to ask before we go, um, what's behind the name Saturday Drive? And um, it just makes me wonder, like, it's Thursday now. Where are you driving to this Saturday? <laughs> uh, so uh, this Saturday, I'm driving to my eight uh, soon to be eight year old soccer game. So he's playing right. some soccer. And so that's what I'll be doing this Saturday for my drive. The name, interestingly, it came all the way back over 20 years ago when me and my first business partner, uh, who's still with me, we just, we've added a third since then, but my first, my original business partner, we were, I was a lead pastor. He was my administrative pastor. And we would spend Saturdays driving around just talking about the talk that we were going to give the next Sunday. And it was just a way for us to internalize our own messages and to think about it and to, and to poke at it and to what's right and what's wrong. And are we looking at this the wrong way and all of this stuff. And we would do this over and over and over again. And so every Saturday, it seemed like driving was one of those things that got us disconnected from the busyness of the day. And so we mm -hmm. would just be able to get in a drive, get in the car and just drive around and talk and just talk. And so mm -hmm. Over the years, we continued that practice and our business was formed from those same conversations. Saturdays, we, for a while in the early stages, uh, when I was doing graphic design and I would do business cards and brochures and things like that. Saturdays, we would drive to different businesses and knock on doors and talk to business owners and try to sell our services and talk about the business and dream about what the future could look like uh, when the future didn't look like anything yet. Like we had no idea. 
And so, yeah, when it came down to we like we needed a parent company that encompasses all of our crazy vision and dreams and talks. It just came down to Saturday Drive. That's awesome. I love it. I, I love it so much. I love the name behind it. Uh, James, what's the best way for people to stay in touch with you and the journey that you're on? Absolutely. Well, I am on literally all of the socials as James Laws. If you search for me, you'll see me. Uh, you'll see my picture there. Uh, so you can get catch me up on every any social channel. And of course, circles.com, circles with two eyes. That's where we have our podcast. We write you know articles every single week. And we have a newsletter that you can subscribe to to get tips on leadership and finding fulfillment and leading teams. Love it. And um, yeah, we'll link to all of that in the show notes of this particular episode. James, this has been it's been a pleasure. It's been a treat uh, podcasting. It's fun. But then there's these episodes where it's just like just from a selfish perspective, I'm taking a lot out of this. So I hope our listeners are. I know there's things that I'm going to be taking out of this episode. And uh, I'm looking forward to to staying in touch with your journey uh, as you decrease the amount of business owners that fail within their first 10 years. I love that. So thanks so much for joining us, James. Uh, so thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been a pleasure and I, I'm glad we got connected. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to the Small Business Storytellers. If you've wanted to start a podcast and have been wondering if you can use podcasting to grow your business, but don't know where to start, I'd love to talk. Head to successwithstories.com slash podcast to learn exactly how to launch, grow, and profit from a podcast for your business. Again, that is successwithstories.com slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like this episode, share it with someone you know who would also like it. If you want to be a guest on the podcast or know someone who would be a great guest on the show, let me know. Thank you. And we will see you next time on the Small Business Storytellers.